Welcome to Smart Poker Study, the podcast dedicated to helping you earn more money, study more effectively, and be 1% better every day. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi. In last week's episode number 241, I discussed three off-the-felt tactics that you must do to increase your poker profits. It's poker study time, y'all. Thank you so much for sharing this show with some of them friends of yours. I do appreciate it. Let them know where they can find it, maybe where you get it. Maybe tell them about YouTube. Um, Tell them about, I don't know, SoundCloud, iTunes. Wherever you listen to it, let them know so they can find the exact same thing right there. So thank you very much for sharing, of course. And I also want to thank two brand spanking new Patreon insiders, Zelko Arno and Billy Tungate. They joined just uh, maybe like 10 days or so ago. Thank you both very much for supporting me on this poker journey that we're on. Uh, If you'd like to follow in Zelko and Billy's footsteps, go to patreon.com slash smartpokerstudy. That's what they did. They went there, they scrolled through the different uh, support levels with the different rewards, and they chose the one that worked for them. And with July coming right around the corner, we have some new uh, uh, Patreon rewards coming out maybe within the next two or three weeks or so right but those june ones are there so once you support or begin your support on the show you'll get access to the archive of patron only content so once again patreon.com smart poker study to start your support all righty please visit the show notes page for everything i discussed today along with screenshots and links at www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod242 Go there and make sure you sign up for the weekly boost for exclusive poker strategy and offers direct to your inbox. Alrighty, it is Q&A time. So for each of today's three questions, I'm going to start my answer with an action to take in relation to the question and for improving your skills. Then I'll give some background information about my answer, and it could be like further strategy information or just a further explanation on the action, right? So we have three very good questions today. The first comes to us from Andrea, the second from Rutger, and question number three from Ricky Jardin. Gambate! And now for our feature presentation. All right. The first question comes to us from Andrea. And and in a longer email, this is what she said. I need to plug my leak of passive play. We don't need to talk about everything else. This is the most important part as this is what's related to profitable poker right here. So, uh, and, and the reason why, of course, passive play is not winning poker, uh, you're just stringing yourself along. Your opponents are earning money because you're calling too much, right? So here's the action I want you to take, Andrea, to to get out of that passive uh, style of play that you're in, right? Before any future call, ask yourself if a raise would be a better play. So raise for value if they can call with worse hands and raise as a bluff if they can fold. And this often means that they were likely bluffing with their initial bet. If you do think, though, that calling is better than folding or raising in a situation, it's because you're being offered good odds on your draw, or maybe your hand is ahead of their betting range, but you don't want to bloat the pot with a raise, or you can call because you see a potential to steal the pot on a future street. So that's the action. Let's dive into this a little bit more. So one of your goals in poker is to always choose the best option when you're faced with any decision. So since you, Andrea, are being too passive, 
you default to calling in order to not let your opponents bluff you, maybe in hopes that you win, or just because you can't fold your hand. You've got pocket aces, how can you ever fold, right? I want you to remember that you have three options with every bet you face. Option one is to fold. You do this when you know you cannot win the hand at showdown, or you can't win with a bluff raise, or you can't win on a future street for whatever reason. Your second option is to call. So because you think your hand is ahead of their range, you're going to make the call. Or maybe you have a great draw, like I said earlier, and they're offering great pot odds. Or there's an opportunity to bluff them off on a later street. Your last option is to raise. You do this as a bluff if they can fold, or you do it for value if they can call or re-raise with worse hands. Ultimately, you need to think about your options and choose the best one for the situation at hand. Now, there's one other thing I really want to discuss with passive play and why it is unprofitable poker. It's because it takes you away from bread and butter poker. Um, But raising, being a raiser instead of a caller, that takes you a step towards bread and butter. So bread and butter situations are where you are heads up, in position, and you are the pre-flop raiser. This is the best chip making situation to be in. In order to get more bread and butter, you need to do these three things. Number one is to open raise more frequently, especially from the cutoff and the button. You want to use a size that discourages too many callers, so hopefully just one of the blinds are going to call you. And you want to use a size that discourages three bets. This is going to lead you naturally to more bread and butter poker. The second thing I want you to do is don't call out of the blinds as often as you do now. Calling from the blinds gives your opponents a bread and butter situation. So you are putting yourself in a chip losing situation by calling. And lastly, I want you to stop limping and reduce your calling in general. Limping and calling both ask for multi-way pots and playing out of position. Alrighty, thank you very much for that email, Andrea. The next question is about making $40 per day, and it comes to us from Rutger. And he simply said, how do I win 40 bucks per day? Nice and easy question right there. Thank you so much, Rutger. So here's your action. The first thing you have to do is become a winning poker player if you aren't one already. You do this through daily studies and plugging leaks. Now, plugging leaks, it saves you money, which goes directly to your bottom line, increasing your profits. If you are making $10 worth of mistakes every time you play, it's going to be that much harder to earn $40 profit per day. Now, once you're profitable, use your cash game win rate or your tournament ROI to determine how many hands or tournaments you have to play to earn that $40. Once you know that number, you can schedule your daily play in order to hit it. Now, here's a little background on it, right? So to win 40 bucks per day, you have to know what your cash game win rate is, which is often big blinds per 100 hands, or your tournament ROI, which is return on investment. And that's just the profit you make on average for every tournament that you play. So here's a little cash game example. If you play 25 NL, that's 25 cent poker, uh, and your win rate is four big blinds per 100 hands, that's $1 that you win every 100 hands you play. So to win $40, you need, you need to play 40 times 100 hands or 4,000 hands total. Now the tournament example, let's say you win $1 per tournament played. So your ROI is $1. Then playing 40 tournaments in a day, that's going to get you to $40 profit per day. 
And here's the great thing about all of this, right? If you improve your skills, you're going to improve your win rate, improve your ROI, and you'll get to your target dollar amount faster. So let's say you're able to increase your tournament ROI from $1 to $1.25, maybe by doing some uh, leak plugging work. Maybe you're choosing better tournaments, playing at different times of the day. Whatever it is, you increase your ROI to $1.25. That means you only need to play 32 tournaments to hit your 40 profit. But let's say you still force yourself to play that same 40 tournaments. Well, playing 40 at $1.25 each equals $50 profit per day. Alrighty, thanks again for that question, Rutger, and we will return after the break with question number three about playing the player. Alrighty, a few shout-outs today. If you're a part of my newsletter, uh, within the past couple days, you received an email about my 30% off summer webinar sale. And a few people have already taken me, taken me up on this, right? Chris Lugiano purchased the Finding and Plugging Leaks with Poker Tracker 4 webinar. He got 30% off right there. Greg McDivitt purchased Poker's Bread and Butter and Rejamming Like a Boss. He got two webinars. And Patrick Caveni purchased three webinars, Expert Hand Reading, Getting Aggressive, and Opponent Destruction. These players are getting 30% off on their purchases, makes their summer studies so much cheaper. And with this good content, these awesome webinars that they're getting, they're, of course, improving their skills, improving those win rates, those ROIs, and they're going to be making more money. So thank you very much, you guys, for purchasing uh, through my 30% off summer sale. There is still time. If you're listening to this on the day it drops, Friday, June 24th, first the sale is going on till midnight on the 21st so if you're not on the newsletter yet what are you waiting for go to the show notes page for today sign up in the sidebar get on the newsletter so that you receive these discount codes to get 30 percent off and a couple other shout outs here mandy letary purchased poker tracker 4 through my affiliate link they simply went to smartpokerstudy.com slash poker tracker 4 that's the number four at the end right there and in thanks i sent mandy my smart hud and once again of course speaking of the smart hud tony sanita purchased that smart hud directly from me uh, by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash smart hud he got the three huds the cash the full ring tournament the six max tournament as well as the webinar which fully explains how to use the hud to exploit your opponents Alrighty, back to class poker people So question three today is about playing the player, and it comes to us from Ricky Jarden. Here's his question. I tend to just play my cards, and I feel like I'm not getting the most value out of my hands. I also have a hard time bluffing other players after the flop. What do I need to do better? Well, thank you so much for the question, Ricky. So here's the action I want you to take. Every time you see a flop, say aloud the type of player you're up against. Say something like, tight aggressive, loose aggressive, fish, knit, maniac, whatever works for you to understand the type of player that you're up against. You want to use their VPIP and PFR stats to gauge this. You can also use other things like AF and 3-bet as well. Also, I want you to know how they approach post-flop play by looking at their flop and turn C-bet stats, as well as their fold to flop and fold to turn C-bet stats. Now that you know the type of player they are and how they approach post-flop play in general, you must make your plays to exploit your knowledge of them. 
If they fold a lot, you must bluff frequently. If they never fold, value bet often and make it bigger to get more value. If they bluff a ton with a high C bet, call with bluff catching hands or re-bluff them with raises when you sense they're doing it out of weakness. If they bet rarely, meaning, you know, their flop or turn honest and their bet just means they have a strong hand, ditch your weakest hands against them. All right, now for some background on this. So uh, your decisions, they're always better when you take your opponent into account. If you flop top set and your opponent folds versus flop C-bet 70% of the time, you've got to bet small to entice a call or just check to give them room to hang themselves on the next street. The exact opposite is true if they never fold on the flop. So you want to take this opportunity to get the maximum value out of your top set against players who call with anything on the flop because they think you're bluffing. When you're playing the player, you're trying to target the weakest players at the table uh, in an effort to improve your profits. And in a prior episode this month, I said the losingest players are the loosest players. So if these loose players are the biggest losers, they're the ones that you need to be targeting. And so who are the loose players at your tables? Number one, the best players to target are the fish who play 30% of hands or greater and they raise infrequently. And they're easy to spot because their VPIP is greater than 30% and their PFR is less than 10%. So the larger the gap between these two stats, the more fishy they are in general. And when you're up against these fish, your biggest concerns are two things. Number one is getting to the flop with them heads up. So the more flops you see against these fishy opponents, the more likely it is you will be the one earning their chips. If you let other players at the table isolate the biggest fish, then you're just giving up potential profits. The second biggest concern is value betting more frequently than bluffing. So because these players are so prone to calling pre-flop, this often bleeds into their post-flop play as well. We've all seen those 50-6 players, those super fish. They're calling the flop and the turn with third pocket pair and with weak gut shot draws or maybe ace high hands. Remember my old saying, if they ain't folding, we ain't bluffing. Value bet heavily instead against these fish. The second best loose players to play against or to target are the loose aggressive maniacs. Now these ones are also easy to spot because their VPIP is going to be 30%, often higher than 40% even, and their PFR will be higher than 20%. These players, they just can't help but raise all the time pre-flop, and they can't stop betting and raising down the streets as well. In order to exploit these loose aggressive maniacs, you're going to do two things. Thing one is to play pots with them in position. When a loose aggressive maniac has position, they see this as their opportunity to get aggressive and push you around. Because you are out of position, it's going to be a little harder for you to fight back unless you're willing to check raise or check call quite often. But when you have that position, they are less likely to be aggressive and when they show weakness on one street, that is your opportunity to push back at them. The second thing you're going to do against lags is call down with bluff catching hands. You've probably seen these players bluff multiple streets with draws, ace high hands, and maybe even third and fourth pocket pairs, or just third and fourth pairs. When you have a hand with showdown value against their potential bluffing hands, you have to call their bets. When you do this, you're allowing them to spew chips in your direction without you making bets or raises that bloat the pot. 
Of course, if you have a very strong hand and you think they can call, make the raise. But let them bluff a few streets against you when you have those weak uh, top pair hands and maybe sometimes those second pair hands as well. Alrighty, thanks again for the question, Ricky. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. I just gave you three different potential actions to take. Number one was to think about your other options to raise or fold before you make a call. Number two, challenge yourself with a monetary goal to hit based on your current ROI or cash game win rate. And number three, know the type of player you're up against and make plays that exploit your knowledge of them. So now it's your time to shine. Choose the one that's most applicable to what you're striving for right now and step into action. Playing and studying with purpose are the best ways to improve your game. And to help you out, here are some inspiring words from Lieutenant Ratchek in Starship Troopers. This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you. You get me. We get you, sir! This episode isn't complete until you head to the show notes page at www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod242. And if you're listening to this on the day it drops, Friday, June 21st, uh, before midnight uh, Pacific Standard Time tonight, make sure you are signed up to the weekly boost so that you can get um, the, the links for 30% off all of my webinars. Thank you so much for studying today. Make sure you step into action with today's challenge if you want to get the most out of this episode. Please leave a review for the show on your favorite podcatching app. This is the best way, other than direct word of mouth, that you can help the show grow. And of course, if you have questions, I've got answers. Send an email to sky at smartpokerstudy.com. Alrighty, Poker Peeps, in the next Strategy Friday episode, number 243, I'm going to dive deep into the most profitable poker situation you can put yourself in. Word of mouth is the best advertising, so thank you very much for sharing the show with other poker people. Your sharing and caring is what helps us grow. Until next time, study smart, play much, and make your next session the best one yet.